Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode number 66 of the Jersey Wall podcast. Brethren is joining us from outside of Canada. What's going on, brethren? Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. How's it going? It's going well on my end. I see, and you, for our listeners, they can't see this, but I can. Zoom gives us the magic of, um, of, of background screens. However, I don't actually know if that's a background screen that I'm looking at or if that is just really about to just say, your mate. view from in yeah. Egypt. I was about to say that this is my view. Come on. Some miraculous pyramids there that we see in the background. Um, I want to ask, how's, how's Egypt? How's the, uh, I mean, aside from hot. Uh, it's, it's great. It's not that hot um, that you're boiling. It's right. nice. It's comfortable. It's, um, it's honestly perfect weather right now. Sunny in the morning, not too bad and you're not boiling um and I, it's kind of cool a little chilly you might want to bring a jacket but that's about it so for december it's considered really good is winter in egypt like 20 degrees during the day and like it gets i mean you said a little chilly so i'd assume like you know light jacket no no winter parkas or anything but in your area i mean in the summer it's 50 degrees celsius during the daytime and then it gets to you know but i guess in the winter is it the same kind of climate um like how hot is it during the day during the day it's it's 20 something but it's a different 20 than you get in canada because canada is really humid right um here it's really dry so a 20 here is colder than a 20 in canada um it's cooler it's it's less in your face um it's more comfortable people don't realize and for those of our viewers or listeners who listen from in canada you guys will know the climate all too well but for those of you who maybe listen from outside of Canada, what you guys have to understand is that the Canadian climate is is weird, right? Because it's all it's damp, and when it's it's wet and it's cold outside, it's freezing in our winters. Mind you, we're having a really nice December day over here. Um, but in the summer, when it's hot, it's disgusting hot. It's boiling. like thirty degrees. Boil. It feels like you're cooking. It's like convection bake heat because yeah. of that. It feels stupid... like you're breathing water all the time. Yeah. Ugh. It's terrible. So now we're in a position where it's, what day is it today? Today we're recording this on Monday, December 14th, 14th where it's actually, there's no snow on the ground. It's zero oh, degrees. Nice. And people every year are like, oh, I don't know, because, you know, this is this global warming stuff and 100%. But listen, when I'm shoveling my driveway in May, because I have for the past two or three years, I'm shoveling <laughs> slush from in my driveway every may then i know that this listen this is the new december but it's really just fall here like the seasons are just kind of shifting back because now in the spring for january it's pretty it's you know it's cold but it's not that snowy then right around the time you think great what an awesome winter we had boom winter hits yep tons and exactly. tons and tons of every snow. time you think winter's over and you know you're getting past that february cold every single time kind of is like okay you thought snowstorm are you crazy yeah literally it's awful now listen you're recording with us today from across the world so to our listeners if there's a little bit of of a static or a breakup or anything then we apologize for that there's only so much we can do through the power of internet but let's kick off today's show before we get into the manchester derby and boy do we have some notes to say about that uh and the ucl round of 16 brethren i got a i got a little anecdote here a little story off the top go for it so and I'll, say, I'll, I'll kick this off with Neymar is injured again, uh, as he surprise, often surprise. is. Yeah, he's always injured, right? But I, I like to think I've actually been pretty injury-prone in my soccer career, right? When I played, okay. uh, I was 
I was, I, I was injured a lot. I had two, two ingrown toenail surgeries from being stomped on. Uh, I had a ton of back problems, lots and lots of things. So I'm like Neymar in two ways. One in the injury sense, because I, I too used to get injured a lot. But two, it's the flair in my play. Now, <laughs> I, now listen, for those who don't know, my day job as Mr. Santos, I'm, I, I serve as, a, as an emergency supply teacher. And every chance that I get during a recess, during a gym period, anything, I'm, we're bringing a soccer ball outside. I'm going to teach these kids. And I finally, I finally found an age group that I'm better than uh, at soccer. <laughs> for the longest time, I couldn't play with people my own age because they were just as good or better than me. Uh, and now I am realizing that all the skill moves that I have work so well on little nine-year-olds. <laughs> Every time. To the point where I'm, like, I'm going bananas at my own skill moves here <laughs> where i will have the, a swarm kids crying everywhere initially it was fun because i had these kids who would all you know want to take me on and then they'd have these challenges and i'd make them and they're like oh no but now they're so standoffish because they know if they come to try to get the ball <laughs> i'm gonna make them and there was this one that i did to this kid and he's actually a good he's a good soccer player to be fair okay the thing is um He's just not as good as me. <laughs> so for his age, he was very good. Or what I, did, I basically yeah. like just started, I put my foot down. It was basically like, if you can picture it, twirling backwards while carrying the ball with me, right? So yeah. dragging it around. And then I got to, the, and then I stopped, kicked it to my other foot and then megged him. And it was just such a dirty skill move that I didn't know I could do until I found <laughs> the opportunity to do it. And so I wanted to start this, this show off with that because I, I have a lot of fun recording these shows, <laughs> but not nearly as much fun as the confidence boost, the ego boost that I get from making these little, like, I forget that they're kids. And to me, it's just another person who I have ended the, the footy career of. And it makes me laugh. <laughs> now, what I have to remember. And these kids just go home to their parents. Crying. Mr. Santos is bullying me crying. on the schoolyard. I'm like yeah. Mr. D. Remember Mr. D? When he was playing. Yep. Um... Hilarious. <laughs> it's, dude, it's so much fun. I, I enjoy every second of it, both uh, in the classroom and, and in the school. Anyway, I have to remember that they're only nine because <clears throat> much like the, the thing you sent me where the Real Madrid yeah. nine team beat this other team 31 nothing. 31 nothing. It's detrimental yeah. to the young lives. I have to remember that if I continue to make these kids, they're, they're, gonna, they're not going to want to play soccer. <laughs> and that's not what I want. I wouldn't encourage for no, I don't want to They're not going to want to play sports in general. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna tape their legs shut. You remember the the ad for Pana pants? Yeah, from a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, yes, those were the days. Anyway, we had to <laughs> kick this show off on a on a more entertaining note than perhaps what we witnessed over the weekend, where I can't remember. I'm not saying there's never been, but I can't remember a worse derby ever. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I I'll just kick this off by saying. I didn't watch the full game. I missed it. I had a family function. Don't worry, everyone. We were wearing masks. Um, <laughs> yeah, we kept it under 10 people. It was cool. Um, I want to kick this off by saying I missed the actual game, but I caught the second day and only managed to watch the first half. Couldn't get, couldn't get myself um, to sit there and watch the second half and just punish myself for another 45 minutes, knowing the score is going to be nil-nil. You know, when you're watching, you have... A tendency to believe that someone's going to score and you know you, you don't want to leave at nil nil in the first half right like that happens all the time but when you know the score it just drains 
the hell out of you and it drains all the motivation you have for watching it. So I only managed to get through the first half. Um, and yeah, that, I'll, I'll pass it back on to you. Well, from the top, um, Leah's brother, Diego, shout out, um, called a zero, a nil-nil draw. And I'm like, boy, I, I hope not, because that would suck. Like, <laughs> what a waste of a derby for it to finish nil-nil in such an anticlimactic fashion. Because if it was a nil-nil thriller, which there are those, right, where it's back and yeah. forth and it's open and, you know, the, both teams are trying, but they're squandering chances, whatever, whatever. We could live with that after the fact, right? We can, Once we get over the fact that, damn, my team didn't win the derby, you can think, okay, neither did theirs, and it was fun to watch. Yeah. But there were almost no positive takeaways from this. And I completely understand uh, you missing the derby, um, given the, the circumstances. But boy, like I watched it and it felt like it, it felt so long and had so many notes. And I wanted to to dispute certain instances of things that happened with you. Um, but basically, for everyone who did watch it, let me outline some of my notes because I did. I, I wrote quite a few. I had quite a few thoughts uh, on this Manchester Derby. First and foremost, City played in a 4-2-3-1. Um, and let's say the City haven't conceded a goal for a while, right? We've been very, very solid uh, defensively. Ruben Diaz has been outstanding. John Stones has worked his way back into the team. Cancelo has kind of figured it out at left back. Um, and Walker, Walker is always pretty much solid, right? Like his pace and his physicality always helps when getting countered, whatever it is. Then Pep decided, okay, I'm going to play two in front of them. It's going to be Rodri and Fernandinho. So really, the mindset was, I think, off the top, too much respect is being given to United here. Yeah, it's like, because yeah. like, they're not that clinical anyway. And United played in a 4-4-2 diamond, right? Like a, the narrow 4-4-2, as we've come to see, um, which actually worked pretty well for Pogba, to be fair, right? So, and I have to imagine Pep anticipated that, which is why we played with the two DMs and, you know, the back line so that it's like, okay, we got somebody to isolate for, uh, to isolate Bruno and somebody to isolate Pogba if he comes forward. But I think my biggest issue was that City were not brave enough in going to take this game. And maybe it's because City are a little bit traumatized of how often they get, they get cut open. And I understand that. Listen, I don't want to concede, obviously. Yeah, but there's only so much threat that, and mind you, and we're not we're not very clinical on the other end right now either. To be fair, but I feel like every game when you have a different eleven, you sent me a, a Roy Keane interview uh, the other day where he was saying, "Listen, at the end of the day, like yes, you have to make rotations for injuries and for and for and for suspensions and stuff, but." Listen, I think the players know who the best 11 is. And even at City, I could probably pick yeah. out the, the what the most effective 11 is, if not the best, what actually works the best. Uh, and that lineup for me, and I'll start with this in the 4-2-3-1, doesn't have Raheem Sterling and, and Riyad Mahrez. Now, there have been times when they've been excellent, and there have been times when they've been awful. But the fact that they are awful right now, they're terrible, they they, they waste possession. Like, every time. Mar, I don't know if you saw in the first <laughs> half. Mars had this opportunity. And you can't buy a better opportunity than that. It was a perfect city yeah. counter where it was Gabby made the run, had the ball, made a perfect pass to De Bruyne, who put it through Shaw's legs. Mars is completely alone. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. Unmarked, right? Because Shaw came in. He's completely unmarked. He has so much time. He, just, he takes not one. Yeah, the not two. Yeah. 
three touches, completely slows everything down. Now everybody's back, uh, and then fires it at the hip. Yeah, I can't believe it. I could not believe that I had just witnessed that. I literally stood up and said, "Fire him! Fire him now!" Because he does <laughs> not don't even sell him. No, don't fire money him. For him. Sub him off right him. now yeah. and fire him from his contract. I don't like that's an inex- especially in a derby because things are way more tense during the derby too. Take a touch, smash it in. We've seen that before. We know he can do it. But at this point, no, I'm going to take take a few touches. Even if he didn't want to take it first time, he's got such a good first touch. Smash it. So I'm going to read through all my notes here. And then we can dissect them together. Okay. De Bruyne was completely isolated at the 10. That happened. Okay. De Bruyne has proven because we've gone, we've got 198 points in two seasons with De Bruyne playing at an eight. And uh, didn't matter what the other teams were doing. De Bruyne was playing at an eight every time. We had one CDM, which was Fernandinho and Rodri, or Rodri. And that was, and mind you, we were scoring a lot more goals. Fair. But this is, the, this is the formation and the lineup that brought us so much success. And for United, who really aren't that threatening, sorry to say, we're going to decide, okay, now De Bruyne's going to play at the 10. And when Alex was on the show, I was talking to him about that. He said he, he wouldn't mind playing De Bruyne at the 10. I don't want to play De Bruyne at the 10. Only because I like him at the eight on the right side where he can whip in crosses and stuff. And while I'm sure he can excel if given time to embrace a number 10 role, right, where he can kind of say, okay, all I have to focus on is going forward. He's not in the game as much. And I want him in the game way more. His best use use is just with vision and passing like that. You can't take him away from... Or you can't turn around, turn him around, and say play with your back to goal and start creating chances, right? Like that's not him. Oh. You have to put, bring him back just that extra ten yards, so that he can see the entire pitch and look for it and and just find find the perfect pass, and which we know passes. he can do exactly. Yeah. So I want him in that number eight spot ish. That that's where I'd like him. Um, my second note, Mares, and I'm I'm gonna censor it for the sake of this, but when I wrote it, I it wasn't censored. <laughs> Should Mares, be fired. <laughs> sucks. Three touches with acres of time and space. Okay, we touch upon that. Awful. Sterling wastes possession and is the most gun-shy player I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. I agree with he's, that. He's got – his upside is pretty good. At times, we see him with these ridiculous dribbles where he's able to cut inside and fire it in. But he's so hesitant to just shoot that it, it pisses me off beyond belief. Because he's not that since like, Liverpool. No kidding. And then he lost it for a bit when he was becoming the back post merchant, right, where he was playing at the right wing. He was getting yeah. on the end of the crosses and he was putting it in. Now that he's gone to the left side and he's solidified as a left winger, I don't know what to do about him. I really don't know what to do because City aren't going to move him on. There's no club that would take him given his transfer market value, but I don't think he delivers anywhere near what he should be. And I don't want to hear people saying, oh, well, how can you say that? Because he's, you know, he's becoming a a world-class player and he's improved so much and blah, blah, blah. Listen, if you want him, come get him. Okay, because unless this guy can can get develop a killer instinct, I don't want him. He's so wasteful in possession. Not to mention, have you ever seen Raheem Sterling play a good game against Aaron Juan Bisaka? No, you haven't. Never. Because Bisaka pockets him every time. And for Pep to not go, oh yeah, why don't I play Sterling on the right this time? That way he can abuse Shaw, who isn't very comfortable with people running at him. Whereas Juan Bisaka is the best freaking time. He's not in the very league. comfortable at anywhere. Yeah, he's, but he's not comfortable fair, in general. Shaw didn't play that poorly. Okay, because because he knew what Mars was going to do, obviously. Yeah. But if you had swapped them when even 30 minutes in, because you saw, okay, well, this clearly isn't working. Put Sterling on the right so he can run at, 
at Shaw and at least get him a yellow, right? And put Mares on the left. Take this is bef- this is before I'm even saying sub them off because I was clamoring for them to be subbed off very very early on both of them. Mares delivered an unreal free kick from the left side. It was a set piece uh, that John Stones just like he basically headed into the ground, which took all the sting out of it. Right. Get to finish, and I'm like, boy, that's a hell of a cross. Why don't you go play on the left then? Just swap yeah. the wings for a bit. What? What's the worst thing that could happen? They're they're beating us right now anyway, right? Like it's not like we're doing anything with this possession right now anyway. So, in and I'll get to this later. The city rebuilding of stuff. I don't want Raheem Sterling to be part of it because he's he's wasteful in possession. The only time he can finish is at the back post first time. Otherwise, yes, every once in a while he's gonna cut in and he'll let one fly. But if teams are pressed back, which they often are because we have so much possession and they're cluttering up the box, he can't do anything. He can't get a shot off. Yeah. He, was, uh, he was quite good, I think, because of how direct Leroy Sané was on, on the oh, other wing. Oh, no kidding. Don't even, bro, honestly, I'm going to get emotional if you start talking about Leroy Sané. Because <laughs> I miss him dearly. And he, he was direct on both wings. And uh, there's such a difference. And you either, it's hard to explain, but you understand it if you do. Um, and maybe on another day when I'm not, when this isn't so fresh, I can talk about the difference between a direct winger who cuts in on his foot and an indirect winger who halts play by cutting onto his foot. That's really what the difference is. Riyad Mahrez used to be, okay, I'm, I'm going to put this on my left, but I'm going to run at you. Iron Robin S great is, you yeah. know what I'm going to do, but you can't stop me because I'm that damn good at it. Sterling and Mahrez aren't that anymore. They're not that right now. Mm-hmm. They're not getting to the byline because they're not comfortable on their weak foot at all. They have at all, right? They're, they're basically just standing legs. They can't use them for anything. Yeah. And when they cut in, they're halting possession. They're not cutting in with the, with the purpose of then driving in and trying to fire one into the net. They're just halting possession to see, okay, what can I do now? And then by the time you decide that, everybody's back and the, the opportunity's gone. Right. Uh, next one. Gabriel Jesus is everywhere except for in the box. Get <laughs> in the box. The amount <laughs> of attacks mean. that we have where yeah. it's like, oh, great. Where's Gabby? Oh, Gabby's next to Fernandinho. What the hell are you doing over there? Go play yeah. a striker. Yeah, he's not, he's not really a, an instinct striker that, that you kind the of relate with someone I've like ever seen. Giroud, for example. Um, okay. not, even, not even Aguero, because Aguero didn't get out of the box for a lot of the game, right? Like he would link up the play try to hold it up for runners to come in, but he'd always be in the box. So Yeah, there to fire it in. Gabriel. He'd be right, if not in the box, yeah. at, damn near it, so that he could rip off a long shot too. And Lord knows he was great at that. Gabby gets so deep because he's isolated at times that by the time he makes a perfect pass, well done, there's no striker in the box to cut it to. Why? Because Gabby's yeah. 60 yards down the pitch making, making stuff happen. Right. That, boy, that bothers me. Let me tell you, that won't be an issue when we sign Erling Holland. Which but it is, also uh, is a symptom. It's a symptom of um, De Bruyne not being in the game as much. Because if De Bruyne is in the game as much, he doesn't have to drop that deep. Yeah, I mean, that was an example from that game where you're right, De Bruyne wasn't, he was kind of taken out of the game and Gabby wanted to take, yeah. take matters into his own hands. But I don't think by playing a system where you have a 10, should your 10 be that as isolated when you have possession? And for whatever reason it was, yeah. and Gabby, I think, wants to be on the ball more than he is. So put Gabby at the wing then. Put Gabby at left wing, because Lord knows he's direct at least, right? Like, when he gets <laughs> the ball, he's trying to go forward with it. He's often goofy with it, but he's not... Right. He's good. <laughs> he's, he's better at, get, at putting the ball in the net than freaking Sterling is. 
you know, we looked at um, the stat that said Gabriel Jesus has like 123 goals before, like at yeah. the age of U23, which is fantastic. And the only thing I could think of, boy, imagine how many he'd have if he actually got in the freaking box. Because <laughs> yeah, he's literally. everywhere but there. And his finishing is terrible. Like, he gets, he, he'll finish a worldie and then he'll miss how many sitters. It's funny how his finishing is bad, but yet he's, his conversion rate is actually quite good. I know. And I don't, under, so I don't understand that. I don't get oh, it. Because you look at someone like Mane, whose conversion rate is great, but his finishing is also quite good. I don't right. understand how you can have that bad, of fin- that bad finishing, but still have a good conversion rate compared to other players. It must be that he squanders chances so bad that they don't actually register as chances missed. <laughs> They're just like, well, this was just something that happened. Like, there's really yeah. no stat to accommodate this. But then for shots, they're like, oh, yes, he finished all these chances. And then the ones that he missed, they're like, well, I, do we even like classify point, that as an opportunity? Zero three expected goal, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Literally. Um, the next one. Uh, yeah, Pep had no balls for playing 4-2-3-1. Like, just straight up. Um, and I kind of talked about it off the top, but I didn't. I don't think I called him off enough. Uh, he also has no balls for not subbing off uh, Sterling and Mares and putting on Phil and Ferran at at halftime. So, no balls here. The safe decision is obviously to play with two DMs, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were Pep Guardiola. Hmm. What happened, bro? You worried he was about trying to pull a Jose Mourinho? Literally. And he's like, "Well, what happened here? Did uh, did you forget?" who you are did you forget about your game plan like sorry have we not won the league how many years based on how many points we were able to to accumulate in which system that worked pretty well worked pretty well and yeah right now we're not clinical but guess what i got some players who at the very least in phil uh phil foden and fran torres who at least we'll run and press and try to go and score goals. And it's different, right? It's not like you've tried the Sterling versus Wan-Bissaka how many times? Every and time. It, every single time it doesn't work. There's Literally. not a game where I can remember Sterling threatened, threatened us. Not for nope. Liverpool, not for not Man once. City. The guy just doesn't show up. And maybe it's because his family are Man United fans and he just doesn't want to <laughs> perform well. Maybe. Um, but, but you've tried something so many times and trying something so many times and, and getting the exact same result and expecting a different result is literally the definition of ignorance. Yeah, of insanity. Right? Yeah, insanity, yeah. So yeah. at least if you don't want to change the personnel, move them up to the right wing, like you were saying, right? Like, just do something different. And You've got options on the bench, which is more than we point, can say at United. It was to the point where, yeah, no kidding. When your bench has Phil Foden and Ferran Torres, who, by the way, like... I want to see them on the pitch anyway. Even if we lose, I would rather lose with yeah. those two. You know what I mean? Because at least the chemistry that they have in the, the future building that, you know, they, they just look like they're, they're building such a good relationship for the future. I'm like, okay, this is one to look forward to. And when the current strategy isn't working, what do you have to lose? Change it. Like, yeah. just change it. It was to the point, and this is what really made me mad, is like, for one, no balls were playing 4-2-3-1 against United who really weren't going to be all that lethal anyway. But to not to not press, dude. I I don't know how much of it you saw. Do you know what it is though? It's um, no balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's no balls. <laughs> That's what it is. Is that we didn't? Think, Pep said, "Okay, not only are we going to play four two three one, but we're not even going to press. That way, we have no chance of getting counterattacked. 
put Phil yeah. and Fran on. They're going to run relentlessly and try to get the ball and make your center backs who are clumsy with the ball make mistakes. But Gabby couldn't do that. Managers tried to do the same thing. Yeah. Who? who, sorry? I think both managers tried to do the same thing. We played Scott McTominay and Fred to, to eliminate Kevin De Bruyne, and you played Fernandinho and Rodri to eliminate Bruno Fernandes. And for both teams at the moment, if you eliminate one of those two, if you take those two out of the game, for both teams, that, that team ain't scoring. Right. If if you take De Bruyne out of the game for City, Sterling Mares, Jesus, you can defend that easily. Well, with um, the other cast, especially right. if, yeah, with the and other cast, yes, I'll I'll, I'll exactly. agree with that. Not necessarily. So with that lineup, if you take De Bruyne out of the game, he's then you're not scoring. And with our lineup, if you take um if you take Bruno out of the game, with especially with how wide Pogba is playing, then we're not scoring either. But for a piece of brilliance from maybe Rashford or Greenwood, right? And it's and you could take your chances with that. And the same same goes for City, right? Morris can always cut in and, and shoot with his left foot and find the top corner. But you're going to take those chances. Yeah. Um, I, I Based on the, the current lineup that we played, yeah, I would totally agree with that because who the hell else was going to do anything, right? Like, exactly. normally Gabby is a relentless runner and presses the center backs. But even him, like the amount of times I found myself just screaming, run, go get the ball. But it's because he was so far deep because he, he kept trying to collect possession. The thing that bothered me was that, honestly, I felt like Ollie had no reason to, like the game had zero intensity or urgency. I feel like neither manager wanted to lose. I feel like it's acceptable for Ollie to do what he did, but not for Pep because we expect Ollie to just be kind of a bitch and concede and not want City to do it and just play with his full with. Well, I mean, what you guys were that's, doing. That's how he beat you last year. Right? I it's, know exactly, exactly. but so it's, it's it, the way everybody works, plays against it. Well. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like we're not going to try to take the game to City. We're just going to see how much pressure we can absorb and frustrate them, and then hoof it long, and then try to just finish on one of the opportunities. Right? That's how Spurs Which did is a it. Valid tactic, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. But that's how it seems like. That's how everybody wants to play because nobody wants to to actually try to take the game to City, with the exception of maybe yeah, Liverpool. But why would you? Why would you if you want to take? Because no one's got the quality that Liverpool has. Liverpool can do that because they're good enough to do that and win no one else is 100 no, no listen i'm not it's, a, it it's an insult because it's like i thought you guys wanted to play but you guys just want to try to not lose and hopefully grab yeah. one on the other end but that's what everybody does right it's like obviously if it works why wouldn't you do it right like Mourinho won a treble twice doing that yeah exactly right it's like there's no there's no you know, I'm not knocking it because if it whatever we talked about this all the time, on it's the just frustrating. What's to be the most the, effective the team that always has thing, to, yeah, right? But it's like that's a consequence of playing all out attack. So now Pep's gonna say, okay, how about this? I will, I will play like a bitch too, <laughs> and play with my two uh, yeah, DMs and try to hold these guys back. Because if you saw what he did, all he was playing a four, uh, like a like a diamond, right? A four four two diamond, like, yeah. But he had yeah. his strikers playing at wingers. So there's nobody in the middle. So even if you got possession, what are you going to do with it? You pinned our fullbacks back. And so they had, there was nothing to happen there. We had very little width. And was, if we did, was there was Bruno nothing to do with it. It was Bruno as a false nine. It was Bruno as a yeah, false nine. Which exactly. Is but he was taken well. out of the game by the two DMs. Exactly. Then the only operate, the real ch chance of the game was, and you guys, to be fair, beat us on every corner. Like, it's actually kind of embarrassing, the fact that City can't win one defensive header when defending <laughs> a corner. They can't even win one. Like, it's actually embarrassing. But I'd say the bulk of the chances, if Sterling learns to shoot and stay on his freaking feet, because he's just looking for penalties, it's such a... 
oh, Jesus Christ. He's just looking for penalties. He's trying to draw yeah. contact and just fall down to, to get a penalty. With VAR, any contact is, is possible. So it, it, right. you're going to see a lot but of players play. do that throughout the league. Yeah. But play. Like, just try to go play. But every time he's like, oh, oh, throw it down. And so you know you're 100% never going to get the foul. Then the chances that City had to score would have been the Mares one, which they completely squandered because I hate Mares. Uh, the John Stones header was just short. But I'd say tactically it was just super dull because both of them played not without the ambition. Right, without the ambition of, of trying to win the game. And, you know, I think the fact that... I'm really, su- I'm really surprised. I'm not surprised that Oli did that because it worked and because it works against City like a fair amount of times. I'm really surprised that Pep didn't look at that performance against Leipzig and go, oh yeah, I'm going to go and attack them. I Imagine how I feel. <laughs> Literally, I, I like, don't get it, especially with Angelino being the one who scored the first goal for them. Um, city product Angelino on loan at Leipzig. I don't understand how Pep didn't just play his system. If you played your system, you were definitely going to score. Yeah, we were probably going to score as well. Um, if you played your system, both teams would have scored. I'm 100% sure about yeah. that. Yeah, because you would have been counterattacked and we would have been dominated. So it was, it was just going to be based on who was more clinical on the day, which is what cost Pep last season when he played against us. Uh, but for the, the 3-1 that you want at Old Trafford because Phil Jones couldn't, you know, play a pass without tearing his hamstring. Um, well, not to mention, like, this one really bothered me was that Pep was clamoring for five subs, right? We need five subs because it's not fair otherwise. And then so in the last two games, honest. in the last two games, we made one sub. Yeah. In the last two games. Made zero against Fulham. Made one against you guys. And it was just to put Ferran on for Mahrez. Sack up. Try to go win the game. Put on Bernardo. Put on Phil. Put on, like, you know, Aguero, fit enough to get a goal uh, in midweek against Marseille, but not even fit enough to be on the bench. So you so you always ask me this. I'll, I'll, I'll actually turn the tables around now and say, what's yep. next? What's like Because, you know, you always US. ask me, what's next for Man United? So what's next for City and Pep? Yes. So, yes. Yeah, especially also with the contract to- extension. City haven't also haven't scored an, uh, away from home in the Premier League since Halloween. It's December fourteenth. <laughs> That's six weeks. Unacceptable. Um, what's next? Glad you asked. Here's the lineup that I think City should be playing going forward, um, at least in the interim. Because I don't, I don't want to continue this nonsensical BS of having Mares and Sterling locking down the win positions, but clearly we can't score. So why? Yeah. Right. What's the point? Uh, let me, let me just read to you the lineup that I made. Okay. It's three, four, two, one. Interesting. Now, I am okay with playing three at the back because for the first time, I feel like city can actually play three at the back. The Call reemergence of, back. The, no, the reemergence of John Stones means that I, I, can, I can play three center backs at the back. Laporte right. as left center back, Ruben Diaz at the middle, and John Stones and at the right center the right. back. Yep. Then our width can come from our fullbacks, and boy, would it be a nice time to have Angelino right now. Yeah, I was just going to say. thing is, we're going to lose him. We're going to lose him because right. he's on loan. If he plays five more games, Leipzig have already put the down payment on. He'll, he'll join for, for essentially really? 20 mil. Okay, yep. I, didn't, I didn't know that. I thought you can always recall him. No, because it's not. It's like loan with obligation to buy if he meets this many appearances. So Leipzig's top score at the moment. 
playing from left wing back. Literally. And it's because he's a, he's a purely offensive fullback where he right. just wants to play as a left wing back. And that would be kind of nice, to be honest. So in the interim, what I'll do is I'll play that as my back three. Then I'll play Cancelo and Walker as the, as the wing backs. Right now, this shouldn't yeah. ever be a back five, to be quite honest. These guys should be no. relentlessly going forward. And if you even want to make a case to say, Ben Mendy, you suck at defending, but you can now exploit this offensive freedom so you can play left wing back and Cancelo can play right wing back because boy, is he a freaking player if he gets to go forward? I can, I'm fine with that too. Uh, then at the two holding, it depends how we want to approach this. So I've been on record saying I think Bernardo could be excellent as a deep, like playmaking number six because he's relentless. A relentless runner, a relentless worker, and he seems to have lost his touch in front of goal. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of pathetic, to be honest, how little he's able to contribute offensively at this point. And I don't know why. I don't know where it went. It's just, he just lost it. It's gone. So if there's ever a time to play him at a six next to Rodri, where you're going to have your relentless runner and your great tackler, both of whom are fantastic uh, passers, I might add, Bernardo will be pulling, you know, making recoveries, uh, dribbling through things, very Luka Modric esque. I can live mm -hmm. with that. If we do not have the sack to do that, and like I said, a lot of this is dependent on having the balls to actually do it, then fine. Don't play Bernardo. Play Ilkay Gundogan for now. Yep. Play Fernandinho for now. Okay. Surprising. I don't think... I don't <laughs> Based think on how you feel about Gundogan. I know. That's the thing. It's just I, I'm accepting of, Gun, of Gundogan in a two-way kind of position where okay. if we're playing with a back three in possession... He's the one to push forward. And I would rather have that be Bernardo, but Pep seems to freaking love Silky Oki. So I guess it's going to be him. Okay. Next to, okay. next to Rodri. Then in front of them, the front three, but it wouldn't be with wingers. Cause remember our width is coming from our fullbacks who are bombing forward would be Phil as the left attacking mid <clears throat> Phil Foden. That is obviously uh, De Bruyne as the right attacking mid and Ferran Torres leading the line. Okay. Interesting. So, here's why. This gives De Bruyne the right-sided eight-ish spot that he so craves, right? He's able to, to, drop defense, to drop deep a little bit if he wants to get a little bit more possession and play the ball forward. He's on the right side, so he can whip in his crosses. And he's far enough forward that he'll be a threat in front of goal, right? His link-up play with Phil and uh, Ferran Torres, who's been the only direct player, quite frankly, this year at City, right? He's been fantastic in front of goal. Um, he's proving that he wants to score goals, which, you know, boy, that's kind of a nice thing when you can't seem to score any. And his link-up play with Phil has been incredible. And I'm thinking if we have this kind of dynamic front three of Phil, who deserves a spot in the team, quite frankly, I'd rather have him, even if we played wingers, I'd rather have Phil out there. Uh, right. It's nothing against Gabriel Jesus. I just, I don't think he fits this formation enough because I want, this needs a, a focal point. This needs right. a target man. And and maybe not aerially, but everywhere else, Ferran Torres seems to be that guy. And then there are adjustments you can make here, right? Like if you wanted to play, if you wanted to swap in. Now, this gets rid of Sterling, which I'm okay with. <laughs> I'm, willing, <laughs> I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I don't mind getting rid of... Yeah, I think you made that a little bit clear. <laughs> but tell us how you really feel. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> like uh, Raheem Sterling, to be honest. It's all about what have you done for me lately. And uh, he's done nothing at all. Yep. So don't actually feel that bad about it either. I love Phil Foden, right? So Phil has my heart. I want him to play. I want Bernardo to be in that role just behind him. 
Uh, I think Rodri's been fantastic, to be quite frankly. So uh, to be to be frank, so I don't mind if he keeps his spot. De Bruyne is obviously never going to lose his position. And Ferran Torres is going to play there for now. And then next season, when we get, you know, Erling Haaland, then we can then we can reconfigure the system again and go back to a 4-3-3. But for now, I think this is the most effective way to do it because it gives us three center backs, which is more defensive coverage, right? Plus two potential DMs, right? Who can both, you know, play two ways because, like I said, they're not necessarily going to be the focal point. It's how Dortmund play. Uh, most yeah, of the time. with uh, Sancho and Thorgan Hazard or Giorena. Yeah, as the two as the two cams ish, and then behind them you usually have uh, Jude Bellingham yep. who's come into the system, right? You have there. It it just it works. It'll work, I think, and I just want to see it. And if we don't have the sack to actually play four three three anymore, because maybe we just don't have the wingers who can get it done. Which, by the way, I think we can. All we got to do is just play Gabby uh, Sterling on the right, and then Ferran on the left, or Ferran up top, and photo on the left there's things that we can do to make it work but i don't know why we're not brave enough to try like we're in eighth right like we're in eighth we're in eighth place and we're just a few points out if we can string together a couple of of wins and to be fair we do have a, a pretty nice run of fixtures going forward now where we have like i'm not saying no points are easy points especially in 2020 and a yeah. lot of the teams might surprise us especially because we are not clinical but their run of games that you would expect Manchester City to win. Listen, man, I'm telling right. you, any team that can stretch together, and I keep saying this time and time again, any team that can put together a string of five, six games that are all wins, they'll find themselves top of the league. Look at how good Chelsea have been doing, especially with their start of the season, right? United are two points behind Chelsea. City are three points behind Chelsea. Both teams have a game in hand. Um, so if both teams win their game in hand, they're above Chelsea. And considering how bad and how poor the start has been from both Manchester clubs, that's that's something to say about how the season's going to go. Yeah, like Southampton are fourth right now. And Southampton deserve yeah. massive respect because I like Southampton a lot. Um, I really like their manager, as you know. I really like the system that they've built. I really, they, they are a team who are brave, right? They're yeah, trying to win. I respect their decision game. to stay with him after the 9 0, to be honest. That, uh, that's quite respectful. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, it okay, it's not his fault. Like, I don't care. You'd, I can under, I completely understand sacking the manager because of that, but they had just brought him in and they saw what he did with, with Leipzig and they said, listen, there is too much That's upside potential happens. to throw it yeah. away for one game. And That's what if, happens when you trust your appointment, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, and so if we can segue that to like Lucien Favre losing his job because Dortmund got humiliated at the weekend, conceding five. If you look at the Dortmund project, I thought, yeah, okay, you got to save face, you got to do this. But listen, Pep City got freaking embarrassed by Leicester, and we always do when we play them. But you don't sack Pep, right? Like, right. And I'm not saying there's never a time, like, let's say, and there's just a time if the manager's on the hot seat, yes or no. I think that one was a little bit out of the blue, to be honest. I don't think Dortmund. I don't think he necessarily deserves to be fired. I think Dortmund are they finished top of their UCL group, right? Yeah. And they're they're contending in the Bundesliga as much as anyone can contend with Bayern. They have a good system in place that seems to work pretty well. Mind you, it is heavily, heavily, heavily dependent on a finishing striker. And when Holland's injured, they lose some of that. Not even Marco Royce, the great and powerful Marco Royce, who I also have on my wall, Mr. Dortmund, can fill those boots. But you know, I, I just think if just because you lose 
a game, even if it's a blowout, you don't necessarily lose your job. Now, it's obviously a different set of circumstances. Let's say Ollie got humiliated at the weekend, right? Let, let's say United got hammered by City. Yeah, it'll probably be time to go, right? If Pep got humiliated at the weekend, that might even be one to consider because they'd be like, all right, listen, screw your extension. Come on. Come on. Yeah. This, is, like, this is just unacceptable. I just think that once you have like backed your manager and said, look what Real Madrid did with, uh, with Zidane. It was mm-hmm. the week from hell. Madrid were looking like they're, they're a non-threat. And then they come back. They beat Atletico. They beat Sevilla. They beat uh, Gladbach, right? So now they're climbing up the La Liga table, right? They, they've brought it to a game finished of the top inches. of the Champions League group. They finished top of their Champions League group when it looked like they might be go- dropping down to Europa League. They could have finished last and not gotten Europa League. That was a possibility. <laughs> Awful. The, on the last day of, of fixtures in the Champions League group stages, Madrid could have finished either fourth or first. <laughs> That's crazy. And they finished first. So look, so I don't think that sacking the manager is always uh, the right decision unless it's United because I think you guys need yeah. to sack all but it's, um, but it's But uh, it's, it's the most disposable position and right. clubs yep. pull the trigger way too quickly now, in my opinion. Yeah, like everybody demands instant success instead of building the project. And boy, imagine, and if, Liverpool did that. imagine yeah. if Liverpool did that with Klopp. Yeah, when he finished fourth after three years. What about eighth? Like right. when he yeah. inherited the squad, like the squad was awful. And then he rebuilt it into something that's great. And if I'm not saying Ralph Hasenhuttle is going to do that with Southampton by any stretch, but I'm saying if he can get the most out of these players and play in a system where, yeah, sometimes we're going to lose because we're just we're outmatched. Right. But that's not going to be we're not going to lose because we're not because we're not trying. Right, we're gonna yeah. go out there. We're gonna give everything we have, and we're gonna press high. We're gonna be brave. We're gonna try to make this our game. And to be honest, they're sitting fourth right now. Like they've been able to do that pretty effectively. Yeah, they've done quite well in doing that. To be honest, so credit to them. But this isn't a Southampton podcast. So actually, I wanted no, to exactly. ask you um, <laughs> before we tie before we tie the Man City discussion up. Um, yeah. Do you do you see anyone coming in in January? Would you want to see someone coming in in January? Um, and if so, who would that be? Um, sorry to put you on the spot there, but I think it's a, it's a discussion that it, it's, it's good to have. I, I cannot see a scenario where we buy anyone who actually helps uh, in January. I don't think, I think the January transfer window will have some twists, um, but I don't think that'll be for City. I just, I think that we're going to go guns blazing all out for Holland this summer. Yeah. I think that defensively, we've actually been pretty good. I don't think another midfielder would really help us all that much right now, as much as I'd love to say, yo, screw Gundo, uh, screw Gundogan, let's bring in Awar uh, and have him be that kind of dynamic man in midfield next to Rodri. I'm fine with that. I just, I think the, the biggest problem is that we're not clinical enough right now and we're obviously not going to sign Holland in January and no winger that we sign. I don't know. Can you can you think of a winger that we could sign that would help the, the system out? Like, I, I don't really see... Leon Bailey's on form. Yeah, but I'm not buying Leon Bailey. I'm not going to go waste 40 mil to get another winger who may or may yeah, not work. Yeah, but that's what ha- that's what happens in January, right? You're not going to get your your number one option in January. Right. And I don't think we're lacking. Yeah, but I don't think we're Bruno Fernandez, but yeah. Right, exactly. But I don't think we're necessarily lack and you guys needed that. And that was your number one guy f- f- for what 18 months before that, right? And you finally got him. Um I just don't think City are going to go spend massive money in the window. And it's not like we're injury plagued or something like that. It's just that the system isn't working and it needs tweaking. Tell you what might happen. If Arteta gets sacked, I want him back at City. 
because he was the <laughs> only guy to get anything out of Sterling, and maybe we just need him back to make it happen. Right. You know, why not? Anyway, let's. Uh, anything else you want to say about the the derby specifically? Because this was very city centric. Because obviously, I had so many notes. A lot of what I said, you know, was about the derby specifically. But it's more how Man City have been overall this season. I think for me to even propose a new change in formation, uh, a new system, and how we can get more out of the players that we have currently shows that it's not just a one-off game. And if we drew a derby, then fine. But there was no intensity in this game. And Pep can say whatever he wants after the game, saying, oh, like, it's different at touchside. I saw them working hard. There, maybe it's because there was no fans in attendance. There was barely any bookings. Everybody looked like they were buddy-buddy, like they went out and had a drink together, both teams at the end of it. That's not what a derby is supposed to be. It's supposed to be high yeah. intensity, high pressure, trying to kick your opponent's ass and make them sad, right? Because you're playing for the pride of the city. And, and Alfie's Holland, in Alfie Holland's uh, point of view, it's kick your knees out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, so maybe that'll be the, the retribution. If for nothing else, we'll sign Erling Holland so he can avenge his father and uh, yeah, <laughs> and win and win some derbies for us. Man, Get I was watching like, Scott McTominay's knees or something. <laughs> Bro, that would suck. I would actually, I would fly over to England and just personally kill him. <laughs> Personally, kill Scott McTominay if he did that. Anyway, uh, is there anything you want to touch on as far as United go uh, for that derby before we move on to Champions League? To stuff? be honest, um, having only seen the the first forty five minutes um, and two and both teams having only two shots on target, I don't think there's much to say. I think that team, that match would have been completely different if we had someone like Cavani to hold up the play because, as you mentioned, the two strikers are playing kind of like wingers. Um, yep. But he was injured, and, and that's the situation, right? Like we talk about United a lot about on this uh, on this yeah. show, so I'll, I'll leave that for another day um, when changes happen. But um, as far as the, the derby goes, happy I didn't watch the full thing. Seems like it was frustrating, but uh, I'm really just surprised that Pep didn't try and attack the team. Um, yeah, listen, that, as f- that crashed out. So as far as I'm concerned, we had uh, more than enough. Like it sh- I don't even. Listen, we've talked enough about this, and quite frankly, it was a really boring game that I'm surprised we could even get this much out of it, yeah. uh, given what happened. But I, I kind of examined it with a very tactical eye. Um, but we'll segue to the Champions League. And I guess the place to start is that on the note of of United, um, United crashed out, and now we have a round of 16. What would you like to say about the fact that United crashed out of the Champions League So, like, um, without making the next the round of 16? Now you're back into Europa, right? Yeah, obviously it's disappointing. Um, to yeah, I mean, we we beat PSG pretty handsomely. I think we were quite convincing, um, and we were the better team on that day. Same thing goes for the five nil uh, at home when we beat Leipzig five nil. Clearly, the better team. I think the game against Istanbul is what cost us um, away from home, where we made you know Dembaba just go through on goal. Um, and I think both goals that we conceded from Istanbul were really just poor individual defensive defensive errors. And it's tough for us to say, yeah, the team the team's not attacking quite well, um, or they're not scoring as much uh, unless they go behind. But I think we should also remember that game and say that those individual errors cost us. And they were really schoolboy errors. And there's no way that's coaching, right? Like you could see that they were yelling at them to get back at a set piece right like you're if you're 10 years old you don't make that mistake Mm -hmm. so uh but that's not to take away from psg um you know outplaying us at at old trafford and it's not to take away from leipzig outplaying us 
away from home. What I do want to say about that Leipzig game, because I'll skip the PSG one, because I think we already talked about it in a previous episode. Um, I honestly think that the system was set up differently and that changed mid-flight or when they landed. And there's no way for us to know this. There's no way for us to find out and no one's going to come out and say this. But I think Pogba was dropped um, when he shouldn't have been. I think he was dropped because um, I think he was going to start, to be honest. There's no way for me to know that. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I suspect it. Wait, did those um, comments come out before or after uh, that game? On their way to Germany. They were in the plane. Yeah, you're right. And that was the other thing I forgot to bring up during the derby is that Ollie has no sack for playing Pogba. No balls for but playing he didn't, Pogba. But he, he benched him. That's No, the thing. not for the derby. Not for the derby. For Leipzig? No, no, no. For the Manchester derby. Oh, okay. For the, like, I just forgot to you touch have to on use that, that segment. You have to use him. Anyway. No, you don't. You're a bitch if you use him. Because he, you have to, you don't play him again. You sell him. He in definitely January. talked to him. He definitely talked to him, and he's probably going to sell him just so. I mean, you you don't know, because that could no, be Ed Woodward saying you, that could be Ed Woodward saying you know play him, getting some good performances out of him so we can get a higher price for him because no they they absolutely slashed the price. Uh, and I think we talked about this personally, like yeah. we didn't record this. Well, in our the last way Mino Raiola handled that, yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, the way Mino Raiola handled that is that he absolutely re- like slashed the price that we could get for Pogba by saying that. So it might be a shop window thing. Um, but anyway, so he, you can definitely tell that for me, in my opinion, he changed the tactics and he changed the lineup against Leipzig because of that. I think mm-hmm. he, he, I think Pogba was going to start and, that, and then he got benched because of those comments. Um, Probably, of course. So it just looked to me that no one knew what they were doing in the system mm-hmm. in the first half. And that to me suggests a change in formation at the last minute because it to me to me they looked like they didn't train they didn't prepare for this and they didn't do anything to um to really point out leipzig's strengths if we're playing a back three and that's what made me made us look so lackluster in my opinion there's nowhere for us to find out and i don't want to take anything away from leipzig's performance because they were top um, and we really need to start shaping up from the first minute. Um, I mean, we conceded it after 90 seconds and, Literally. you know, Wan-Bissaka went to sleep. But again, it looked like he didn't know where he was on the pitch. And he looked like he didn't know that he wasn't the last man. Um, and and I, I don't know if, if, if that's because of the Pogba situation and because of him being dropped and the system being changed. But that's my suspicion. Um, and it's not an excuse, you know. Leipzig went, deserved to go through. Uh, we didn't. And that's it. Uh, that's the top and bottom of it. Um, I mentioned that I mentioned this. I want us to lose the first round of of Europa League knockouts because yeah, I don't want to be in it. Yeah, t- let's talk a little bit more about that because I think while I can understand the logic, uh, knowing you, like saying that, I, I can understand that. But for our listeners who maybe don't and they're like, "What? Why would you want to go out in the round of thirty-two? It's just more ammunition to it's a fuel to the fire of." Dude, like, you just got knocked out of the Champions League. Now it you're going to get knocked out of your Open sure. League in the first round. Like, there's more. I think that you have to consider, and I know that, and I wanted you to tell me why, first of all, but there's so many things beyond just squad rotation and playing in the league to consider because, like, let's face it, at the end of the day, you're not, you were never, ever going to win the Champions League, so it didn't really matter if you went through or not, right? But at least going through says a little bit more to the players and speaks to their caliber rather than, all right, we're playing in Europa League, and now this squad that was supposed to be at least at the very least in the round of 16 of the Champions League now can't even get through the last 32 in the Europa League. Tell me a little bit why you think, given that, 
you'd still rather have uh, you guys go out in the round of 32 of the Europa League? Um, I think the squad is definitely good enough to be in the round of 16 of the Champions League and not for some individual mistakes and, and again, the situation that happened with Leipzig. Um, the squad is definitely good enough to be in the round of 16 because you don't beat convincingly. You don't convincingly beat PSG and, and Leipzig without being good enough to go through. Um, and I think when the draw was made, in fairness, people said, you know, United are dropping out to the Europa League. So I don't know why any, anyone's surprised. Um, I think United fans are surprised because we beat PSG and Leipzig convincingly and then we crashed out. Um, but having said that, I would still want, want us to. I never, see, I never want to see United lose. I am, and I want people to understand that really well. But I think sometimes you have to prioritize your games based on the fitness of your squad the how deep your squad is and and how how much how many games you have to play especially with this shortened season and the lack of preseason uh with the amount of injuries that people can accumulate this season so i would rather not have the thursday sunday schedule and if that means crashing out of the europa league then so be it i'll i'll take that hit on the chin and keep walking but the thursday sunday schedule is absolutely terrible. You don't get enough time to train. You don't get enough time to prepare tactically. And especially with the teams that are in the Europa League, you travel a lot. And it's, and it's a lot of distance that you have to cover throughout Europe. Um, whether you're flying to the north, to Scandinavia, or you're going to, you know, to Ukraine or Russia or Serbia, right? Um, so it's a lot of traveling. And most, more often than not, you always come back Friday, Friday in the morning, um, which means you have Friday afternoon and Saturday to train, and then you're playing on Sunday, and then you start all over again. And for a team like United, you have to rotate, but at the same time, you have to play some of your good players because of sponsorships and, and all the demands and, and just keeping them fit, right? If you forget sponsorships for now, you want to keep your good players match fit. And you do that by giving them 45 minutes to 60 minutes or even a full game just because you're under pressure. Um, but having said that, I would rather have the week off or the midweek off to just prepare for games, take our time and push for another top three finish with how, how crazy this season is and how everyone's dropping points. Like every, every single team from the top six last weekend dropped points. And that's going to yeah. happen multiple times, right? Not necessarily every team dropping points, but a lot of the big teams are going to drop points this season. Yep. So it's definitely a lot easier this season to push for a top three finish than it was last season. So I'd rather just have the extra week. And I know you have your reservations about that, but I, do. Um, I, I, do. I really don't care. And I'd like to bring them up. And I know you're not saying you don't care like to me, like about my reservations, but you, oh, no, no, you no. just mean the reservations. About the general. Europa League. And right. also, can I add, I don't think we're going to win the Europa League anyway. There's too many good teams for it to be risky enough that it's not worth the risk. Well, you know this what is, I mean? And this is kind of where I wanted to challenge us because I think that you guys, and I'm happy to have another United fan who, who wants to reach out and, and tell me, like, do you agree with Mina or do you disagree with Mina uh, in terms of prioritizing the Europa League? But I feel like you guys are at the very least good enough to beat, like you said, PSG and Leipzig on your day. And so that would in some sense, make you one of the favorites to win the Europa League, right? Like, we can, we can agree that Manchester United probably has a better chance of winning the Europa League than Red Star Belgrade, right? Or Antwerp, yeah. like a club like that, right? So, it's just going to be... So, that being said, realistically, and I understand the draw you got Sociedad, which is a really, really good team, but for the most part, in Europa League, you don't actually have to play 
your best 11 until pretty deep into the competition. Now, you guys might want to say, okay, well, if we're going to play based real on the draw, that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, based on the draw. But if you get more or less in the round of 32 and the round of 16, then it's different. Right? Yeah, but you have more yeah. of a chance of drawing a team yeah. that you could probably say, I could probably rest some stars. Or do I want to play my best 11 here? And then in the league, maybe we're playing a team that's, maybe we're playing a Brighton or something this weekend. Yeah. And maybe we do have to prioritize the Europa League a little bit, right? And then we can play, you know, a little bit of squad rotation in the league because that team we're going to be expected to beat even with our, our rotated squad. So that being said, I still think that, and I can understand your position saying, listen, I want to finish as high up in the table as possible. But if you look on the, if you look at the season at the end of the season as a whole, and you say, okay, we crashed out of the champions league, despite being in a prop, a pretty favorable position to, to advance, right? We crashed out of the Europa league in the very, very first round. Then we finished as high as let's even say third in the Premier League, which I think is probably pretty generous. But let's let's even say third, as high as third. So it's another trophyless season, where in Europe you were, at, you know, you're pretty well humiliated, right? Like crashing out of the Europa League, being a, t- a club that came from the Champions League in the round of 32, is not something to be proud about. And then you know you can say, okay, well at least we finished third which puts you back in a Champions League spot. Is that really a season? Oh, one where Pogba has probably left in January. I feel like that's probably going to happen. Um, if not in January, then for sure in the summer. Right. Then it's like, is this really a season that we can say, good season, guys? Like, yes, we have something to be proud no. about. Because, yeah, like, no, I don't think so either. But the group stage... It already makes it a bad season. And I think I agree with you, me, but that's what I'm saying. Like, at le- like there's, there's a, an element of playing with, with, with respect, like with heart, right. Which is like, yo, yeah. even if we lose, we're going to go out with dignity, but to just say like, to concede right away round of 32, no, nah, I don't want to be in this competition anymore. So let's just play the kids and, and lose and then finish as high as third in the league is like, Oh man, like I thought you but guys wanted to... It's not necessarily another trophyless season because you still got the League Cup and you still got the FA Cup. I understand. Are those still those... in play? Yeah. Are we playing for those this season? I thought one of them was scrapped. No. Or was we, that we, only we in, the, in the... That was in the big picture thing, right? Which wasn't approved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. We my got, bad. Yeah, um, I forgot about that. We got, what's it called? Watford I thought that was scrapped. Round. But anyway, I, know, I understand that there are better teams in those competitions because you've got Spurs, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, so on and so forth, right? Leicester Wolves. Um, but with more, with better preparation, we've beaten all the teams in the league, right? So you might as well just try and go for it. And and those are the teams that you're gonna have to play week in week out. So you might as well do that because you're traveling much less. You have way more preparation time, so you can play your good players every single game from here on till the end of the season. And if let's say Pogba leaves in January, great. We've already got Donny Van de Beek who can who's fighting for a start right now. You can just start him. If Pogba doesn't leave in January and you want to give Bruno a night off, then you play Pogba in, or Pogba in deep, and then you play Van de Beek off top, right? So can you I present get, what might be a hot take? the rest because he's 33. You give Rashford the rest because he's injured, his shoulder's injured, and you give Martial the chance to, you know, build some form. And sorry, I just wanted to finish that off before. Yeah, please before do. I, I just... Yeah. This might be a hot take. I don't know. I don't know if our listeners will think it will. I don't know if you think it will, but I think it kind of might be. You don't play Pogba again. Period. I agree. I'd I don't start Donny Van de Beek. Like I think, for the man, for for his uh, for his representative there to to come out and say what he said, and then for Pogba to just be like on Instagram being like, 
to literally post the most cryptic message I've ever seen where he's like, don't know how many derbies I'll have left, but boy, this was a good one. Happy to, uh, happy to share the points. You know, right now we're just, I'm just focused on this team. Shut up. Like, oh, I bro. Thought, man. Yeah. Okay. No, his Instagram post where he pretty much said like, he's pretty much I mean, confirming. He, yeah, I'm done with United, but uh, you know, at, at honest, least for while said, I'm here. To be honest, he said, don't listen to blah, blah, blah. So no, I know. Like but, I'm abbreviating, know, but that being said, we are we listening know, to his like, manager and he didn't even deny yeah. what his manager, what his, not his manager. What's the word I'm looking for? His uh, agent. Agent. Yeah. Thank you. God. We know what he wants deep down. So. Right. And so for that reason, (laughs) right. Like let's have them in, in January, just say, okay, listen, Pogba's for sale and we want this much money for him. And, you know, I understand maybe the January bids won't be as high, but I think there's, there's an element of, of proving your worth as a club, which is just not tolerating behavior like that and saying, listen, you don't want to be here, beat it. And for all to play and, and we can, we can dispute whether or not it was actually, higher management who who told ollie what to do which i i think is i unlikely. think it is to be honest i think I, it was I, I think it is i don't think so i think it was more likely that ollie's like well um listen paul <laughs> i think um, he i think he actually likes donny van de beek i i think yeah. he plays i think donny van de beek plays if um if pogba doesn't play right and and clearly he he keeps pogba out of the team right now because he's playing better and he wants to be in the team. And I, I honestly think it's higher management because they paid 90 million for him. They want to get as much money for it back and they know they won't. So, But that's the club conceding that players can walk all over them. Like if they're actually oh, saying... Oh, you think Edward has a spine? Dude, <laughs> at least some element to it. I think it, more so than Ollie for The fact that he said that for Ollie to not be like... And we're disputing hypotheticals here, but for Ollie to not be like, no... I was a Manchester United player. I understand what this club means. And if it doesn't mean that to you, then beat it. You're not playing in the derby, even though we might actually lose for Listen, it. Who, I don't who think it's with Ollie, the right decision. Right? Who played with Ollie? Who did he play for? Right. And, and we saw right. when he doesn't yeah. like a, when he doesn't like a player, he gets rid of him. Same with Lukaku. He didn't really replace Lukaku, but he was like, okay, I'm just going to get rid of you because you don't want to be here. Right. So we know he's capable of that. And I do think it's higher management because of you know what we've seen from the past four. Uh, he, he, how many times has he said, oh, yeah, we actually like Lukaku. He, he's our boy. He's just injured. And, and then he sold him straight away. We, oh, we can't wait for Alexis Sanchez to come back and prove you all wrong. We, we respect him and we know that he has good value and he has something to add to the team. Got rid of him straight away. Never made it back. Ashley Young's the captain. Blah, blah, blah. Got rid of him. Right? So I, I do think it's higher management in this case. All right. Well, we'll have to see. Uh, I just don't like that, that he played at all. Like, it's like, dude, you're going to ride the bench now either. until we sell you. Because that's Neither, just yeah, what the club has to do. But no, we're approaching this too bench, But Listen, don't put him in the squad. Here's what I'm gonna assure the uh, the the listeners at home. On our next episode of the Jersey Wall, we will not mention. I don't care if something happens to Manchester United. That is the most <laughs> controversial thing that could ever happen. Neither of us are going to bring up Manchester United in the next episode because I feel like we talk. Uh, about I promise. Them. We talk about them way too often, uh, and quite yeah. frankly, they don't deserve it. But let's wrap the show on the round of 16 draw. I'm going to go through them uh, matchup by matchup, and then we can talk about our winners and why. Okay. So, uh, first and foremost, Man City draw Borussia much in Gladbach. Predictions. Are we really doing this? Okay, sure. Yes. <laughs> City. Predictions. <laughs> why? Why are Man City going to beat Borussia much in Gladbach? Who looked because like they, they were going to top a group with Inter Milan and Real Madrid in it? Yeah, but knockout is different, and Pep is probably going to wake up in knockouts, especially since he got another big goal. So 
Yeah, and we've been in, we've been good in Champions League, to be fair. So yeah. that being said, I can't wait. He has five subs in the Champions League, so I can't. Just three subs in the Prem. Uses one, if that. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's go. Use some subs. Um, yeah, I mean the the obvious answer is City here. I like Gladbach a lot. Like I like certain players in their squad. I think their front three is very very dynamic this season with uh, with Plea with uh, Turam with good old uh, Alasana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, good old Alasana Plea. Uh, good old my boy Dennis Sakuraya, who I think is the answer to United's defensive problems. Last mention of them for this episode. Um, I, I Jan Summers a really good keeper. I don't know. I feel like we're gonna switch They're into a year this. I don't season. think I don't think anyone should disrespect them. They're a good team. It's just you you have to favor Man City in this one. Yeah, you know they damn near topped their Champions League group. Like this could have been they could have been in for, we could have played Real Madrid. Oh my God, that would have been terrible. If they finish that game. We could have played Real Madrid in the, in the Europa League. <laughs> Boy. Yep, that wouldn't have been fun. That would have just... No one would have watched Europa League. They probably just would have just handed them, handed the trophy to uh, to Madrid. Yeah. Uh, the next one, Bayern Lazio. You know what? I liked these matchups upon initial thought, but upon looking further into them, I'm like, ah, oh, damn. It's going to be hard to make an argument as to why some of these clubs are going to win. And to be honest, when are these games February. Played? February. February? Okay, so Holland's going to be back, so I'm going to go with Dortmund. No, no, it's Lazio uh, versus Bayern. Oh, yeah. Come on. So Holland right. playing won't matter. <laughs> well, to be honest, they have a they have a knack for getting uh, Dortmund's best players. So <laughs> anyway, no chance. Um, not when Man City are involved. We're getting them. Yeah. We called dibs. Put our finger on our nose and said, "Nope, it's us. This is us. We yeah, got it." So him. I'll go with Bayern for this one. I don't think there are any surprises here. And I'm really decision. trying to. I'm really trying to give the listeners some some good quality analysis, but I don't really have to in this case. Okay, this one might be. By the way, Bayern. Yeah, obviously, I'm going to go with Bayern, too. Um, the next one. This actually might be cause for some discussion. Ready? Atletico versus Chelsea. Yeah. This I'll go twice. with Yeah, I'll go with Atletico for this one, to be honest. Atletico. Um, Chelsea. I want us Chelsea. to disagree. Can you pick Chelsea? Damn it. I want to pick Atletico. Okay, so I'll, I'll actually go with Chelsea for this one. I know it might be an unpopular opinion, but okay, I'll, I'll go with Chelsea for this one. I think the addition of Thiago Silva really brings a... A maturity to their level and you've seen that with Kurt Zuma uh replacing Kepa Balaga um with you know the good Mendy um <laughs> has really solidified them in the back and um you know having Timo Werner up top all the firepower that they bring we've talked about this before and and I think they can actually do this they might be the the only team to break down um Diego Simeone's rugged and, and solid defense all season so yeah, well, you know um, what? You know, they're they La, sure Liga, as hell... La Liga favorites versus one of the teams that looks like they could win the Premier League. And I would just like the listeners to acknowledge how quickly I made that um, made that argument. And Ready? Thank you. I'm gonna pile on to it. As as a person who's also picking Atletico, I mean, let's take let's let's both play devil's advocate. Let's let's pick oh, okay. Chelsea here. Okay. Well, if there's one squad that we can look at and say, <laughs> you know, in spite of firepower, this this you know, in spite of Simeone's defensive wall, who has um, some absurd firepower? And that team is Chelsea, right? We discussed them not being able to play with Conte at the base, holding down the fort as the other five kind of go nuts with both eights and the and the wingers and the striker. But apparently, there's nothing we can't ask of N'Golo Conte. You can tell him, yo, hold down the fort where everybody's going everybody's gonna to attack. Fullbacks, eights, wingers, everybody. We want everybody to attack. We just need you to be the recovery guy, intercept it, pass it back to the center backs, and they'll make the passes out wide. And he went, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> so... 
That being said, if we look at some of the players who have that ability to unlock defensives, we can look at a guy like Kai Havertz and say, okay, boy, you are the Felix type playing for this one. How are you going to, yeah, exactly. How are you going to link up the strikers here? And Atletico Madrid, prior to the Madrid derby, which they lost, had only conceded two goals this season, meaning they were on pace to concede less than 10 goals in the entire season. Ridiculous. Now they conceded two more to Madrid. Uh, and the fact of the matter is Chelsea are going to absolutely take it to them, pummel them, say, listen, draw Felix. Uh, oh, by the way, but draw Felix. No, I'm taking purely Chelsea side right now. Then I'll do it. <laughs> I just I almost got a little lost in my golden boy with draw Felix. Uh, when you look at the guys like Timo Werner, the ability for him to to run in, and if you have guys like Mason Mount and Kai Havertz to sit in those deeper positions and unlock the defense, Joffre with Felix. guys, Felix, with guys <laughs> like uh, like Pulisic and like Werner to play off of a guy like Giroud, who unbelievably has made his way back into the squad, I just think it's going to be a little bit too much, even for the Great Wall of Simeone. Did you believe me? Yeah. And that, listeners, is why you listen to the Jersey Wall podcast. And if you don't, frankly, you should be. We can make an <laughs> argument on a whim. Uh, and that was our argument on a whim there. Which is Even though we don't believe it. So how do I... North American uh, talk shows. How do I really feel about this? Um, it's Atletico Madrid, for sure. Yeah. Right? Like, Disregard everything we just said. Yeah, listen, I like, <laughs> I like making the devil's advocate argument. I actually have no problem with that. And if the viewers want me to just say nathan try to challenge yourself and take these other opinions uh not the ones you actually have then i will do that but probably as as far as i'm concerned uh atletico madrid are are a wall that really cannot be breached and uh if we look on the weekend how they lost to to real uh one of them was just a straight up a slip up on the set piece otherwise they don't get beaten on set pieces uh and then an absolute rocket which ricocheted off the post and then off of yeah black in it Right. So overall, offense wins games, defense wins championships. And Atletico Madrid look so good this year where they're not losing or conceding. And I think they just are too good at what they do and they're going to frustrate Chelsea. And then going forward, when you have really eight guys who are forward for Chelsea trying to attack, if you can look at what Joao Felix can do against blocks, wait till you see what he can do against a 35 year old Thiago Silva, a Kurt Zuma who's overly aggressive. And Angolo Kante, who's just running for dear life, trying to keep up with everything going on. Atletico Madrid are going to have the perfect system to neutralize Chelsea's offense uh, and exploit them on the counter. And that is how Atletico Madrid go through to the final eight. Move on to Leipzig, Liverpool. Brethren, what you got? Leipzig. Yet, stop agreeing with me. I cannot say Liverpool. Me too. Same reason. I can't. And I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna play the devil's advocate in this one. They well, the devil's advocate some here. In... No, well, we're picking the the we're not picking the favorites, we're picking against the favorites, which means yeah. we are playing devil's advocate by picking our, our normal pick. Tell me I, why I was I'm not gonna play devil's advocate on the devil's advocate. Um even though <laughs> Liverpool might have their players back and yeah, they the system still fits. Um the, the players that come in still fit the system and blah 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 blah. I'm not gonna say any of that, and I can't say any of that as a United fan who was crushed out of the Champions League. So I'm okay, going to go so, Leipzig. Okay, so t- but tell me why you're picking Leipzig. Like, what because do they do? Just because you can't our say Our boy, our boy Angelino is going to tear our... whoever Nico Williams is going to, probably is going to be playing. He's going to tear him <laughs> a new one. 
That's so funny. Yeah, now that they beat us, he's our Angelino. Yep. If you can't beat our him, join goal. him. And you're on Manchester's the Angelino own. <laughs> yeah, Manchester's own. He's like, yep, he's one of our own. Anyone uh, have a problem with that? <laughs> Mason Greenwood, if he ever uh, plays against Liverpool, Manchester's own. He's, he's our boy. He's exactly. our boy. City United. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen, I will against say... Against Liverpool, you can bet that United and City are going to just be Manchester yeah, FC. Just all of it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I will also say Leipzig, but I'll say it for a different reason. I actually want to present an argument as to why I think they'll win beyond just... Oh, I okay. Say that be Liverpool. serious and give quality content to the listeners. Fine. If yeah, you want to be like that, go I for do it. want to be like that. Listen, uh, if we look, and this will be hilariously facetious and obviously uh, quite a bit of a joke, but let's, let's have fun with it anyway. For them to be able to knock off a team like Manchester United in the Champions Oi. League Oi. means that they are able to accomplish damn near anything because you clearly team not anybody, five nil. not anybody okay. can beat Manchester it. United. And I'll say that as a Manchester City fan who just drew with them, clearly it's mm-hmm. impossible, right, Pep? No team has ever beaten Manchester United before. So how are we true. supposed to do it? Uh, but true. Leipzig apparently has found the answer. Much like Frankie Edgar of MMA. They're actually known as they have not. Leipzig, lost on the answer, FC. And or RB, the answer, Leipzig. Uh, and so they're going to have all the same answers to beat a team like Liverpool. Because on a more serious note, if we can look at this, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to acknowledge what Liverpool do well cuz I don't want to but I'll acknowledge <laughs> what <laughs> I'll acknowledge what Leipzig do well uh which is play very very high fullbacks and if we look at what Aston Villa was able to do against a healthy Liverpool squad where they essentially pinned back their fullbacks and then ran through them, them that is what the width of of uh, Leipzig could actually do in terms of pinning back fullbacks and then just run through them. And I'm expecting the same type of performance because Leipzig will be uh, loaning Jack Grealish for the month of February. That way, they can play the same way. They also need Ross Barkley because he was on fire for that game as well. And listen, man, Julian Nagelsmann, if if you want to manage United at some point, this is your tryout. Let's go. Come on, man. Do (laughs) it. You showed up at Old Trafford with a nice suit. Because you thought you were going into an interview, and when you lost 5-0, you put your tracksuit on again in Leipzig, and you beat us 3-2. This is your chance to redeem yourself after knocking us out in the Champions League. Go for it, Julian. You have my blessing. All right. So Leipzig are obviously going to go through because they're the best team in the entire world. Uh, Juve Porto, really no discussion here. Uh, Porto, Porto were able to score <laughs> on real goals against Man City. Uh, and to finish second in that group to, to pick up the pieces of their shattered hearts despite losing to actually not losing to city another one hey pep why can't stop we beat these teams stop. yeah why can't we beat these teams pep i mean mind you porto were the epitome of don't come to play and juve can't break teams down so gonna be porto with the corona counterattack. and corona is not meant to be wordplay <laughs> uh it is meant to be strictly the player corona who plays for porto no um yeah, Juve will probably get it done, right? Like, exactly. We'll have a more in-depth analysis of this as we get close to it, but quite frankly, I think the the wheels are in motion for Juve uh, starting to get better as a team under Andrea Pirlo, despite the fact that he's played as many games as Juve, as Juve have played this season. That's how many games he has in charge as as a manager. Uh, beside aside from that, he'd never played before. I mean, never played as a, never been a manager before. I mean, not played. 
and I think when we look at all that, what we're going to find is by the time February rolls on, around, Juve will be ticking at that point, and it might take them that long. But once they get there and they start really, really rolling, uh, especially maybe if they have Pogba back in the squad back then, ooh, then we'll see what happens. But I really, really would imagine that, and yeah. I hate even doing basic level analysis like this, Juve are obviously going to But you have to, right? So what do you think? Uh, more of the same. All right, let's move on to the actual. I have my ones. I have my actual doubts on Pirlo as a manager, so we'll see yeah. how that goes. Um, because I think a better manager beats him, but I think having Cristiano on the team can't you can't rule them out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, this one's actually an interesting one. The next one. Barca PSG. Yeah. Uh, Neymar's out again in the knockouts conveniently, so he can go with his sister for Valentine's. Wait, you Day think again. he's gonna miss it again? He only just got injured. Well, he I don't was know. Stretch it off. Yeah, that's he was stretched off. Holding his back to see if it's a recurring injury from the 2014. No, game. it was his ankle. Um, oh, his ankle. He was Why was he holding his, his back. back then, mate? He didn't know what hurt. Yeah, it all, it all hurts. Everything hurts. Um. <laughs> yeah. So he'll he'll be missing because you know if it's around Valentine's Day he'll be out with his sister and um. Yeah, so I, I think he'll miss out. Mbappe, Di Maria, they still have enough firepower to beat Barcelona, but I th- I'll actually go with Barcelona on this one. I think by that time, it'll be a lot clearer to what's happening with Messi. And if he does leave in the summer, then I don't think he'll, he'll relax. I think he'll try to give it his all for Barcelona. If he's not leaving, then more of the same. He's going to try to play his best. And I think um, Braithwaite and... Breezman are both starting to pick up good performances. In fairness, he has played well in the, in, the, in the Champions League. That's enough. Um, I do not want to hear it. <laughs> Martin Bra- as soon as we start praising Martin Braithwaite on this episode, we know that the show's over because we, <laughs> we just can't do this anymore. Let's rapid fire the rest of them. Listen, I think PSG are going to go through because um, Barca suck. Because Barca so, yeah, suck. conflict. Straight up. Awesome. Yes. This is what Woo. we've been waiting for. A disagreement. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't know if PSG have the clinicalness of it, and I probably think Neymar will be back by then. But Barca suck, and if we can't beat Barca right now, then you suck. <laughs> like just straight <laughs> up. That that just has to be how it's gonna go. Um, Sofia Dortmund, Erling Holland will be back. Erling Holland Dortmund. always scores. Erling Holland always wins. Dortmund. Last one. Real Madrid versus Atalanta. Atalanta are not the same guys. No, nope. not the same. Papu Gomez wants to leave because he had a disagreement with the manager. Real Madrid are the big boys of this competition. Once it starts to be a tournament for them and not just, you know, random games, they start to pick up steam. Even though everything that I said last week about how, you know, I think their rebuild is coming and it's not now. I don't think Atalanta is the team to knock them out. No, nope. especially not on current Madrid. form. Maybe last yeah. season's Atalanta versus this season's Real Madrid on current form. Yeah, then we have a conversation. Right. But, but this Real- year, it's, it's Madrid. Yeah, and Real Madrid have had the, like I said, what, like I was talking about with Juve, the wheels are in motion, right? Mm-hmm. They're starting to pick up, and they had a bad spell, but I just can't see them riding the wave like this throughout the season. I think yeah. they had their dip, and now they're going to go and just keep getting better and better uh, until the end of the season. Yep. The dogs I are barking. Agree. The dogs are barking. barking. I apologize for the noise, guys. There's considerable, considerably more noise on the ground level here in Egypt than on the 18th floor in 
in Canada. So I, <laughs> I, I have nothing to say about this. I apologize. Yeah. Sorry, right. and like I said off the top, we, we apologize if there was any static throughout the episode. We're doing our best through the magic of the internet. Um, but listen, those dogs are barking, brethren, which means... What are you doing? Shut up. Stop it. Stop. He's I'll actually talking. Time. He's talking this to his guy. pet camel here, uh, believe it or not. I know you guys can't see it because you're just listening, this but guy. his pet camel has actually just walked into the room uh, and started chewing on his hair. Winston and we found out away. we found out that it actually wasn't dogs that were barking it was the camel so in case you ever wonder what the camel sounds like that's it unbelievable Winston ridiculous Winston the camel Less Brother, you. thank you for joining me for episode number 66 of the Jersey Wall podcast you. it's been awesome uh I mean listen quite frankly guys we had to make an episode out of the most boring Darby in history then <laughs> we some stretched of the, up for about an hour or so we did and then some <laughs> of the uh the most predictable draws in history. So listen, guys, next week, we're going to talk about not Manchester United. I think that's what we're going to call that episode. The not Manchester I'm United promising episode. You. We won't, yep. we won't, not, not one word. Not one word. Anyway, until then, uh, thank you all for joining us. If you like the show, give us a sub. Give us a rating, guys. Leave us a comment. Tell your friends. Share, your, share the show. Uh, it helps us. We really appreciate it. We've seen that the numbers have been growing consistently because you guys have been joining us. To anyone new to the Jersey Wall podcast, we hope you enjoyed. To any uh, frequent listeners, we appreciate you being here. We love you. We cherish you. We'll talk to you next week, next Monday. At, uh, brethren, it might be you. It might be somebody else. I don't know. Let's see what the rest of the year holds Suspense. Uh, as we're killing it for the rest of 2020. Guys, yeah. enjoy. Take care. We love you all. We'll see you next time on the Jersey Wall Cheers, podcast. Cheers, lads.